This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety and learn how to be more fully present in life. Each week, I'm speaking with experts in the fields of entrepreneurship, nutrition, mindset, sex, spirituality, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a writer, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Through my own struggle to balance the demands of motherhood and life, I discovered that to truly be happy, we need to be present. Your journey to feeling less stressed and more blissfully present in your own life starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Jamie Hope. She's a wellness expert, an author, and a speaker. And in this episode, we're getting all into the power of habit. And this is something that is so interesting to me because it's all about rewiring the brain, making things easier for yourself, removing the cognitive load so that you're not struggling to get things done. You're not forcing anything. You don't even have to think about eating right or exercising. It's just effortless. Um, And so, yes, of course, I find that really interesting. And I want to help you incorporate this into your own life so that you can achieve goals for 2019. We're in March. There's still a lot of time Um, And so that's why I'm so excited that she's here today. And in addition to all of this habit talk that we have in the episode, she also covers the stressful load that a lot of medical professionals have and a lot of the shame that they have around expressing weakness or struggling with just the, the sheer emotionality that they have to deal with on a daily basis. So I'm really, really glad that she covered that topic too, because as a medical professional in an ER setting, she sees people on their very worst day. And I know a lot of uh, medical professionals listen to this show as well. Um, so again, enjoy this episode. Please share it with a friend. Please leave us a five-star review. It does so much for the ratings. I'm not just saying that. It's true. And uh, if you're listening to this, screenshot it and share it on your Insta stories and then tag me at Motherhood Unstressed and I'll share it back out and uh, just enjoy the episode. Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share some exciting news with you. This week, we launched our second product. It's a 1000 milligram full spectrum tincture. And a tincture is going to be a stronger form of the capsules and it's full spectrum. So in, in addition to the CBD, it also has CBG, CBC, CBDA. So it's all these different cannabinoids that are in the hemp plant that when they combine, it's what's called the entourage effect. And so it's super healing, super potent. And with the tincture, you just put it underneath your tongue, or you can put it in your morning coffee and it hits your system a lot faster and a lot stronger. So you definitely want to take it easy. But when you invest in a product like this, it lasts longer and it's going to give you more bang for your buck in the long run. Um, So definitely check us out. And if you want to see Motherhood Undressed in your city, go to a store that sells it. A lot of markets, coffee shops, things like that are starting to sell CBD and just ask them to stock it and, you know, send them over to the website. They can contact me and we'll get it to your, your city. So you don't have to order online. You can just pick it up when you're out running errands. Thanks guys. Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Jamie Hope. I'm so excited you're here. This is a topic that I find so interesting and so relevant, like we were talking about before we started. Um, So welcome to the show. 
Liz, thank you so much for having me. I love this show and it is such an honor to be here. So why don't you start by giving our listeners a little bit of your backstory and how it led you to becoming a physician, an author, and now a sought after speaker. <laughs> yes. So, I, you know, I always thought that I would want to be a physician And I remember a few people along the way saying, are you crazy? Do you have any idea how many years of school that is? Um, But I love it. I love people. I love helping teach people get healthy and feel empowered to take care of their bodies. But what I realized along the way is, okay, I'm studying all the science and I can nerd out about that all day. But I wasn't as healthy myself as I should have been. And at some point I realized if... I am eating Cheetos and I'm telling my patients to eat broccoli. (laughs) That seems a little suspicious. And I was the worst picky eater growing up. I'm Mm. so sorry to my mom. (laughs) I should send her more flowers. I wouldn't eat anything. And I wasn't the tantrum kid. I was just the quiet, defiant kid. Mm -hmm. There was a plate of green beans sitting there. And she said, you can't get up until you finish it. I would just quietly sit there until either she finally got fed up with me (laughs) or Mm. bedtime. And so I started my own healthy habit journey. So both as a scientist researching human health principles, and then as a person who, you know, didn't like vegetables or healthy food and how, so I was actually going through it with that process. And then now I'm a physician. I work in an emergency department, one of the busiest level one trauma centers in the country. Mm -hmm. And I see people on the worst day of their life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that if they had help with healthy habits, in a lot of instances, they would not have had to have ended up there. So I just became incredibly passionate about sharing this message. That's amazing. And I think that that rings true for a lot of people. Either they have family members who have struggled with weight and diet their entire lives, and maybe they feel like it's too late to change. So, (laughs) you know. What, what's something that you've learned along your own journey and just through all the studying that you've done, what's the main thing that holds people back from having a life full of health and wellness uh, without it being such a struggle? You know, people think that, oh, it's, it's specifically about what you eat in the, in the exercise, but I actually like to have people step back a little bit from that. So if I could pick, you know, two things. One is that people get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They think that if they have to do it, they have to do it all become an Olympic athlete in a bathing suit model or nothing. Hmm. And we get stuck in that mindset, which brings me to the most important part, which is mindset. So on that healthy person journey, in my head, I'm telling myself, oh, I'm a junk food junkie. I'm a Cheetotarian. Well, <laughs> when you're trying to eat broccoli, but in your head, you're like, well, I'm a junk food junkie. Hmm. It doesn't work out. So how you view yourself is how you're going to act. Wow. So one of the, we have so much BS. I mean, let's face it, Liz, we're women. We've got, you know, we all have some negative self-talk, mm-hmm. maybe some not so nice things we say to ourselves, and some labels in our mind that might not fit our, my, our healthy habits. So what I like to have people do before they even start trying to focus on how much broccoli you need and how many burpees you should do today look at all that BS in your head and just give yourself a mental enema. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really love that. (laughs) And flush it all away. We don't realize what we're calling ourselves in our heads. And that is actually impairing us from moving forward because we're still going to keep eventually acting with that old label. 
I love that you just said that because I feel like so many people, they have this goal in mind, they want to achieve it. I mean, most of our listeners, especially are hard driven moms, you know, business women, even stay at home moms, they're working their tails off and like they're goal oriented. So oh, yeah, to tell someone like you actually need to slow down and, and reassess yeah. how you've been thinking. That's really hard for people. I think um, it, it is. So where do they start? What's, what's the best way to start changing that mindset? So it helps, you know, if you can start to recognize it and, you know, what do you call yourself? The automatic, you know, they're called ants, automatic negative thoughts. Mm. So like that thing when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I hate my nose and my hair is frizzy. Or somebody gives you a compliment and you're like, oh, no, I usually look homeless. This <laughs> is just yeah. So recognizing that, you know, people have possibly been called names growing up. They had some negative people in their life or even just they they've accumulated their own negative mindset. Oh, I'm a dieting failure. I suck at this. I'm a carb addict, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. All those mean things. So if they don't have a, a label for themselves, I'll just give them one. And it's a, it's a very simple one that I would love for everybody to use. And it's, I am a healthy person hmm. right now, right in this very moment, regardless of where you're at, I am a healthy person. And then you want, the idea is how you view yourself is how you will act. So a healthy person nourishes their body and is active with, you know, within the context of their abilities, a healthy person knows that they need rest. They need stress relief, that self-care isn't selfish. And a healthy person also knows when the majority of what you're doing is healthy, you can have a brownie now and then and you won't burst into flames. Right, right. We're so hard on ourselves. People are like, oh no, I ate a brownie. I'm so bad. I'm like, okay, relax. You didn't murder somebody. Okay. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) You had a brownie. Why are we so mean to ourselves? Right. Well, and I think that that it brings in so many like stored emotions, like shame and feeling bad. And then it like just keeps snowballing into this feeling of failure. And so I love that you said, you know, when, when you give people a statement, it's in the present tense too. Like I am whatever it is, because that to me is very empowering and just brings it into like I have it instead of, oh, it's over there. Like I'll never achieve that. You know, like it's, it's that scarcity mindset that I'm, that I'm thinking of trying to avoid. Yeah. And it's scary. It's, it seems so far away. It's like telling someone you, you know, to lose a hundred pounds. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. not intimidating. Try losing one pound. It's just, you know, start wherever you start, but yes, you have that empowering thing. I am a healthy person and I will live and act like a healthy person acts. And cause I've always hated that thing. Uh, always eat what skinny people eat. That's the worst expression ever because mm. I was a super skinny teenager. And let me assure you, I was eating Cheetos. I was not <laughs> eating vegetables. There was, if you ate what I ate, <laughs> you would have been awful. It was just genetics and the good metabolism of being 16. Right. Well, well and that's what I hear too. Like some, so many people who are dieting and are struggling with their weight. Like if you actually looked at their diet, they're not eating that much more than a person who's in a healthy BMI range. Is that right? Right. Not, you know, so people think it's all about that. <laughs> so yeah, it's not, it's not, you want to be eating the nourishing food. So mm-hmm. yeah, drop the whole being skinny, blah, blah, blah. It's what does a healthy person eat? And I cause that. I, I really try and help patients and clients focus on being a healthy person. And people are so focused on the scale. We're so focused right. on numbers, but if you're actually behaving and living like a healthy person, the scale will follow the scale will eventually come to match that when you're not so focused on it. And, you know, stepping on the scale and it, that'll make or break your day. Why are we so stressed out about that? 
This is about a lifestyle and feeling good and empowered and amazing with the occasional brownie. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. But that, that definitely takes me to my next question. And it's about your book, Habit That, which I find mm-hmm. so fascinating because it's all about, you know, the power of the brain and, and honing the power of habits. So can you talk to us about the premise of the book and how it can help our listeners be healthier and live happier lives? Yes. So we are, I mean, humans, we're fascinating creatures, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we love habits. We love to create these habit loops. Even just think of something so basic. So every morning or evening, hopefully both, when you brush your teeth, <laughs> you start on the same side of your mouth, don't you? Yes. You, you don't think about it. It's not stressing out your cognitive load. You just, you do it. You created the habit. Usually you're doing five other things while you're brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mothers. Oh my gosh, right. Ye- yelling, where are your shoes? <laughs> brush your teeth. Um, and, and so instead of trying to go against our human nature, why not just use it to our benefit? We work so hard to go against it and it doesn't last. That's how we get these crazy yo-yo diets and all this BS. And so creating one habit at a time and incorporating it into your routine so much that you don't think about it. Like I started with something incredibly basic when I started the habit journey, drinking more water. That Mm. was it. I realized I didn't drink very much. And it's, you know that that's not healthy. So I put a checkbox on the on my closet door. My college roommate made fun of me. She's like, you're <laughs> such a nerd. And, and so I started checking it off and checking it off. And eventually I realized I didn't need to check it off. I was just naturally drinking an adequate water a day. I haven't had to think about drinking enough water in 12 years. I just do it. Wow. And then you move on to the next habit, which for me was vegetables, which was a little harder than water (laughs) when you hate all of them. But now it's not even, it's not even a question. It's not difficult. I don't even have to put any thought into the number of servings of vegetables I have in a day because it's just part of my regular routine. I love that. And so how long did it take you for it to become, you know, okay, I'm doing this today. I'm checking it off to where it became pretty much unconscious. You know, it varies depending on the habit. So the water one happened much quicker than I thought. We've all heard this magic 21 days type of thing. Yeah. I'm not completely convinced. I don't know exactly where they pulled that number out of. Because <laughs> I sure got into a peanut M&M's habit way faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, the Brussels sprout habit took a lot longer. Right. Um, so it did. And it just, and then when it's part of your habit and you know you're going to have try to have three to five servings of vegetables every day. Then when you're meal planning or grocery shopping, if you're going to have the vegetables, you got to have them there. So, yeah. you know, today I'm in a hurry. Am I going to do toss them all in a blender with some fruit and have a smoothie? Am I going to have, you know, throw some on top of whatever I'm eating for lunch? And then it just, it becomes so easy. <laughs> it right. just takes time. We, we magically think we're going to get better at or be amazing and perfect at it the first try. I think, I think that's important to say because so many people are like, well, if I can't do it and it's been over three weeks and it still does, it still feels forced to have that grace for yourself and be like, Hey, it's okay. Like I am rewiring my brain by doing this. So, you know, yes, it just takes, having that grace. Yeah. It takes time. And we, honestly, we need to be kinder to ourselves. Seriously, when your toddler is first learning to walk and they take a few steps and they fall down on their cute little diaper tush, they don't sit there and say, I'm a complete loser. I'm a failure. I tried walking once and I suck at it. I'm going to go ahead and just crawl forever. 
I love that. I love that. So talk to us, I mean, because you are a doctor, talk to us about the science behind creating these habits and why does it make, like, once you create a habit, why does it make your life basically so much easier? It just, it takes it off of your mind. So in our brain, and I'll try not to be too nerdy, but I get very excited about it. No, I love it. I love it. (laughs) So we've got all these neural pathways, like in your mind, the neural pathway of the place that you drive all the time, it, it is so deeply set you know, it's so easy. So when you're creating a new habit, imagine you are at the very top of a snowy hill on fresh powder and you're about to sled down. No pathway currently created. So the first time you sled down, you make a path, obviously in terms of gravity. And then the next time you go up, you can go in that path again, but it's not very deep. Mm. So you could go anywhere. But the more times you go down that pathway, the deeper and deeper it gets and the harder it, you know, you do it 10, 15 times, it's very hard for your sled to jump out of that pathway now. Yeah. And so every time you do a habit, just tell yourself, I am strengthening that pathway in my brain, that neuroelectric connection complete with, you know, hormones and neurotransmitters and all those things. Some pathways take a little bit more energy to create especially when the alternative road for that is a very strong previous Mm. pathway, but you can do it. Our brains are capable of unimaginable thought and content and activities. And so you can do it if it takes a little bit longer or if it's forced. I, quite frankly, certain vegetables have had to force myself for a long time, (laughs) but I have this big overall overarching mindset. I'm a healthy person and I realized- a healthy person can eat, you know, will eat healthy. I may never like green beans and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like it always does come back to that mindset. You know, when you want to hit that, that well-worn groove, you want to go down the hill in that way. If you can come back to your original, I am healthy or I am whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's like the saving grace. That's what's going to, you know, divert that, 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 that gut instinct to go that certain bad way. Yes. And, and that's, that's going to be your guiding mantra. I'm very big into, mm. you know, mantras, take it and write it on the mirror in your bathroom. I am a healthy person. Stick it on post-it notes, put it all over your house. I am a healthy person. Tell yourself that at stoplights, trigger habits where you're repeating stuff that you believe in, that you want to own. That's part of you. And you're strengthening that neural pathway as well. I love that. I love that. And I actually just started doing like post-it notes around my house and like in my bathroom. So it's stuff that I see like every single day and it does work. It does. It sounds so silly, but it works. (laughs) I wonder what the maid thinks. Oh, who cares? (laughs) I know. Seriously. Well, because sometimes I'll take it and write it on the mirror and I'm sure she just comes and like, here we go That's hilarious. So of all the strategies that you kind of mentioned for, you know, reinforcing new habits, which, which one do you think is the most powerful? If you had to pick one, which one would, would you offer if you had no other choice? Oh, that's, if I had to pick one, I would say, you know what? I would say it's connecting to your why, Mm. connecting to the actual reason that you're doing this. Because sometimes you're like, you know what? I would rather just have an entire pan of brownies than Brussels sprouts today. But my real why for doing this is because I want to know what it's like to be a healthy person so I can help my patients. I want to be a healthy mom so I can run outside and play with my kids and and not feel winded. And so with all the patients I've connected with over the years, their whys are as varied as the individual. 
I had one mom tell me the reason that she was doing this is for the first time in her adult life, she wanted to be able to have sex with the lights on and not be wearing a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, that that's so, it's so personal and it's so real. And so if you can connect with the reason that you want to be a healthy person, whatever it is, that's the kind of thing that keeps you going on certain days when you're still laying down that neural pathway and it kind of sucks a little. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that everyone listening can do that. You know, it's something that we can all connect to and incorporate in our own lives. And that's empowering. Yes. Yes. Like you said, I mean, guilt and shame have no place in any part of this journey. We're all imperfect. This is about empowerment because we can absolutely do this. Wow. So take me really quickly um, through your morning routine, because I'm always curious, people who are like super successful, like we were talking earlier, you're a doctor, you're a speaker, you're an author, you're doing all of these things, you're a mother. How do you prioritize your day? What do you do first thing in the morning to really create a productive day where you're not going insane and being pulled in a million different directions? You know what? I I actually had to kind of step back and create a routine because you do, as soon as you, if you hit the door running the second that alarm goes off, you're finding their shoes, making their lunches, getting their backpack. I'm getting my lunch made, throwing on some scrubs. Mm -hmm. It's, you're not setting intention for your day and you're not focusing. So I've, I don't don't know if you've read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. No, not yet. So it's a fantastic book and it, it talks about whether you have an hour to do this or even six minutes going through and just very briefly having, you know, a quiet moment where you're taking deep breaths, where you're expressing gratitude, where you're doing, writing down something for the day, you know, a a goal, an intention, something like that. Some form of exercise, if you can, usually mine is chasing after my children. (laughs) (laughs) That is work. (laughs) It is. That's so much work. Sometimes on my watch, I'll hit my goal before I even go to the gym. I'm like, good Lord, these kids are in beast mode today. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, just taking even, sometimes I don't have a ton of time if I worked a late shift and I have to get up early with the kids. Just even taking that little moment to yourself, just take the breath, set some intention for your day. And then you just, it just helps center you. And you're like, all right, I don't know where your left shoe is, but we got this. You're wearing boots today. Well, and I was thinking too, like, as you were speaking, like the type of work that you're doing, you know, you are seeing people on their worst day. You, I would think need a little bit of space to process that, to, to, to be able to, to just detox in a way so that when you see the next patient, like you're there, you're in the moment, you're clear, you're not weighed down with all this other emotional stuff that's happened just through the nature of your work and dealing with these people who are going through, you know, horrendous things. Oh yeah. No, there's a reason that there's a very high stress level and burnout rate in emergency medicine. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. And you know, when I was going through my training and as a resident, you're working ridiculous hours. And at one point I was so exhausted. I realized that I either needed to burn out, find a new job Mm -hmm. or learn how to develop these kind of ninja level rock star coping skills. Yeah. Because if I'm in a room and I just pronounced somebody dead in some very tragic accident that no matter what we did, we couldn't save them. And I have to walk into the next room and the patient's telling me about their belly pain. I can't bring that in. Right. And so on my way to work, you know, I'm, I'm doing so like, I take that car time to get pumped up. I'll play a great playlist. I'll get my energy. You walk in the door and you have to leave everything else outside the door. I'm here as their doctor and I need to be so present and then shaking it off between patients. And I acknowledge that I'm a human being and I've seen some horribly tragic stuff. Sometimes you need to go in the bathroom and cry 
mm-hmm. recenter yourself and get back in the game. And then after the shift, you know, I have my, my calming down stuff. I have an amazing tribe of supportive people I can talk to and, and really help just dissipate the stress of that. So I can be ready for the next time. That's so amazing. And I feel like for you to know this already, like so early in your career, um, or you seem really young, so I'm just going to say that, but, and then you <laughs> travel, older than I look. <laughs> um, but you travel the country, you know, speaking to other medical professionals about this. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you're helping people in the medical profession, um, deal with the stress and, and not burnout? Yes. It's, you know, it's one of my favorite things. We're so, fo- you know, we learn neurology and cardiology and all this other stuff. And the science obviously is important. Mm-hmm. but we're also human beings and we need to be able to handle the load that's coming at us. Like I said, I work in one of the busiest level one trauma centers in the country. People, somebody asked me once, what do you do with your downtime at work? And I laughed. I'm like, that's there not, no downtime. That's no downtime. we actually don't get breaks. We work 10 hours and we do not get a break. Oh my God. I know it's crazy. So, you know, I, I bring healthy snacks and eat at my desk and stuff. So I take the resilient stuff that I've learned and share it with people. So I've been invited to speak. You know, one of them is one of the ones I call resilience through the fire without getting burned, mm. you know, to acknowledge that we do have a stressful job and it's hard. I've talked, I talk about confidence. I talk about imposter syndrome. I talk about physician suicide mm. and, and all of these different things. And for years, those, these were things we didn't really talk about. Like, oh no, we just, you know, if we don't just only talk about cardiology, then we're, you know, we're not being real scientists, but you can't learn the other stuff if you're not taking care of yourself. So even teaching doctors that self-care isn't selfish can sometimes be an uphill battle. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because it is such like, I would think, you know, if, if, if I'm viewed as weak or if I talk about things that I'm struggling with, then I'm not seen as, you know, a proper doctor or a professional. And that's just so not true. I yeah. love that you're breaking down that wall. Yeah. It actually, it actually makes me a better doctor. Cause I think I'm a human being. I can connect with my patients on a very human level. I've cried with, with families before when their loved one died and I'm, you know, I'm still keeping it together. I'm not a, you know, total wreck, but just acknowledging this shared human experience and, you know, hugging each other. It's like, that's okay. That makes me a better doctor, not a worse right. one. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, I love that human aspect. And interestingly enough, the resilience talk in particular has jumped over into the entrepreneur world because a lot of those people, you know, you're, com- you know, the company's up, it's down, it's here, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's so stressful and it's all on your back. And so I've been doing a lot of stuff in that, with that group of people. And it's been so much fun. Well, and I just think it's something that every single person needs, whether you are an entrepreneur or you're in the medical profession or you're a stay-at-home mom, like we all need to know how to be more resilient. You know, we need these tools in our toolkit. And I just love that you're out there putting, you know, this workout into the world. You're, I mean, essentially you are a light worker, you know, you're making people's lives better, not just from a medical standpoint, but from a human standpoint, it's just so needed. Oh, thank you. That, that's what my dream in life is to get to do that. Ah. I love it. I and, love it. And seriously, we know that being a mom is the hardest job though, right? It, <laughs> it's so hard. It's, a, it's, it's very funny. I was, you know, making dinner and I'm making a super healthy dinner for my kids. And it's, uh, they were laughing and then it got really quiet. And you know that silence is golden unless you have kids. And then it's Absolutely. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk into the other room and, uh, both kids, they were two and four at the time, and my 65-pound German Shepherd were all painted purple. <gasps> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking at the shepherd like, okay, I'm not trying to blame the victim here, but you said <laughs> five pounds and you could have walked away. <laughs> like, look at me, I'm verbal. <laughs> and I'm two rooms from the nearest door to get outside. Mm. I'm looking at all that and I'm waiting for the dog to shake and I'm like, I've oh my on the stove and I'm like, oh my God, the ER is easier than that. Right, 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 right. Oh my, and you just, you just have to laugh and (laughs) realize, keep it moving. Yes. And get everyone outside as quick as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. If you have a picture of this, I'll definitely use it to promote. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know the saddest thing ever as I was cleaning them up and got, and I was like, why didn't I take a picture? But in that moment, I was just like, oh my God, we have to get them out. I know. It's like level 10. Now that they're older, they've asked me if they could recreate that. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and not paint Zoe again, but thank you for asking. <laughs> right. Oh my God. So we've covered a lot of topics over this discussion. Yes. What's the one thing that you want our listeners to remember from this talk? I want people to remember that regardless of what you're doing in terms of nutrition and exercise and stress relief and sleep, if you're coming from that strong, solid mindset of I am a healthy person and feeling empowered and realizing that you're, it takes time to lay down those neural pathways, people will be so successful. It, it's so exciting. We're, we're actually a little bit more simple of creatures than we like to believe, <laughs> but yeah. that's, what it, that's what it takes. And then you just choose that habit and you can do it. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I do have some rapid fire questions. If you're ready, there's just three. All right. Okay, the first one is true health is... Ooh, balance. Mm, I'm grateful for. My family so much. Mm. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? I wish somebody had told me years ago to to worry less about what other people think. Because people aren't thinking about us nearly as much as we think they're thinking about us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to to live the life that I want to. Took me a little bit of time, but now I'm living my authentic self and I have never felt better. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. Okay. So what's the best way for our listeners to, to connect with you and find your book or even book you for a speaking engagement? Sure. So my website is drhopehealth.com. So that's D-R-H-O-P-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. That's also my Twitter handle and Instagram, just to make it easier. And they can contact me for, you know, for speaking gigs. There's a link to order the book, which is on Amazon. I mean, that's where I'm Perfect, perfect. We live on Amazon. In I know. I, my kids, it's so funny now, if they need something for a school project, like, just get it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, I've, I've taught them well. But it was, it's, I love Amazon. It's, it's so exciting. It's such a great medium. When my book hit number one bestseller within the first 24 hours, Oh. I've never loved Amazon more. <laughs> I want to hug the computer. Um, so yeah, so the book is on Amazon. And then on, I have a Facebook group called The Habit That Tribe. And it is a group for um, perfectly imperfect people who have real lives and are busy and have stuff to do, but are just trying to help get their habits healthier and support each other with our habits and you know the successes and the failures. And I'll just help make the world a happier, healthier place. Wow. This is so amazing. This is so interesting. And it's actually really practically helping people. So I just love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Liz, thank you so much for having me. This was great. I really appreciate it. 
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Jamie Hope. I know I did, and I'm already thinking of ways that I can use the power of habit to just make life easier and to help me achieve the goals that I want to achieve this year. Um, If this episode spoke to you, please share it with a friend. Uh, If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Sharing it with a friend and leaving a review is really the only way that the show can grow and reach more and more people. That's it. Like, it's real. It's authentic. Um, You have to just really grow organically. So thank you for helping me in that endeavor. And uh, I'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is the Finnish company bringing you medicinal mushrooms you can put in your coffee every morning or just in some hot water. I put mine in my coffee because I love the ritual of sitting down and having a hot cup of coffee every single morning. But I love that the cordyceps and the lion's mane and the chaga really help boost my immune system and keep me from getting sick throughout the year, especially with two kids. Like it's a game changer. Um, If you use the code UNSTRESSED at checkout, you can save 15%.